It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. I did a local talk for a high school last week, and I had a really great time speaking for them. And one of my favorite stories that I share about is integrity. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you remember the show The Brady Bunch. Uh, there was an episode where the oldest son, Greg, expressed an interest in being known as a man of his word. So his dad said, you have to live by your exact words in order to be known that way. So one night, Greg came home from a date, and he let his parents know that he was home. His dad asked if Greg had mowed the lawn that day, and Greg said he didn't, but he, would, he was really tired, and he would do it tomorrow. Greg once again said he was really tired, and uh, his dad said, well, you know, Greg, you did say that you would mow the lawn today. Oh, but Dad, I'm, I'm really, really tired. I just got home. It's midnight. I just want to go to bed. I'll do it tomorrow, I promise. And his dad said, Greg, those were your exact words. So Greg went outside at midnight, and he mowed the lawn. So sometimes it's really easy to keep our word, and sometimes it's really hard. And there are times where it is really inconvenient. But if you think about it, the people we respect most are those who keep their word and do what they say they will do. Resolve this week to keep your word to someone and then follow through. You will be so very glad you did. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that is 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Bob Berg. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Can you really systematically and consistently get the results you want from others while making them feel genuinely good about themselves, about the process, and about you? Our guest says absolutely you can. Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at corporate conventions and for entrepreneurial events. He has addressed audiences ranging in size from 50 to 16,000, sharing the platform with notables, including today's top thought leaders, broadcast personalities, Olympic athletes, and political leaders, including a former United States president. Although for years he was best known for his book, Endless Referrals, over the past few years it's been his business parable, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, that has captured the imaginations of his readers. It shot to number six on the Wall Street Journal's business bestseller list after three weeks after it's released and reached number nine on Business Week. It's been translated into 21 languages, and it's his fourth book to sell over 250,000 copies. He believes his new book, Adversaries into Allies, Win People Over Without Manipulation or Coercion, is by far the most important work yet. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He's also a big animal lover, and he resides in Jupiter, Florida. With all of this and so much more to talk about today on today's show, this is my guest, Bob Berg. Bob, are you there? 
I sure am, Brian. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You were on the show back in April about seven months ago, and here you are again because you've got a new book. And I always look forward to speaking to you when you have a new project on the book. So welcome back to the show. I'm very glad to have you here. Well, thank you. I actually write new books so that we can get a chance to uh, talk. There you go. I love that answer. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the first thing that I do with everybody who comes on the show is I like to ask them a little bit about their backstory, how they started, what they learned along the way, because really we can tell a lot about someone based on their journey and what they learned and what they overcame. And I love being able to hear those lessons and see how we can apply those to our lives. So tell us a little bit about your backstory, please, Bob. Well, I began as a broadcaster, first in radio and then in television. Uh, I was the late-night news guy for a a small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. Was not not particularly good at it, so (laughs) pretty soon I found myself not in broadcasting anymore. I had graduated into sales. Mm. And the challenge I had was that while I intuitively knew that selling was about finding a need and and helping uh, fulfill that need, or solving a problem, what have you. Uh, I didn't know how to do it. I was not trained in sales, and the, the uh, training that we got with the first company I was with was, was sketchy at best. And okay. so I really fa- uh, foundered, found, I did not do well for the first few weeks. <laughs> okay. And uh, eventually, thankfully, I came across a couple books in a bookstore, I stumbled upon Tom Hopkins, How to Master the Art of Selling, and books by Zig Ziglar. And as I began to read those and and study them, I didn't just read them, I I made a study of them. In practically no time at all, my sales really went through the roof. And the only difference was, was that now I had uh, a system that I could use. And that's very important because one thing I found out when I was a much younger man than I am now is that not only do I not have to reinvent the wheel, I'm not smart enough to reinvent the wheel. So I needed to find people who knew more than I did, who had already accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And I began to find those in books and in uh, back then audio tapes (laughs) and going to seminars and so forth and and made a study of sales and did quite well with it, eventually becoming sales manager of a company. And then from there, sharing with others what was working for me and for my team and eventually it sort of morphed into a speaking business that I've been doing now for a lot of years and really enjoying it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and I love and the, the idea, idea that you, that you uh, uh, learned, learned after you after struggled, struggled and, and you got really, really good at it. Well, you know, it, it's important, I think, to, to really find a system that works for you and that resonates with you. Because if it doesn't resonate, it, you're probably not going to do it. It's going to be too uncomfortable. It's difficult to, to act out of alignment. Um, I define a system, Brian, as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Um, or, you know, it, it's, uh, the, the key is predictability. Uh, yes. if, you've, if you've discovered or if someone ha- else has discovered that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then all you need to do is A and do it consistently until you get the desired results of B. And so when you do that, you know, and it's been proven, then you're able to do the same thing. Exactly. So uh, 
this all morphed into a career in writing too, because I remember back in the nineties, I did buy your first book, Endless Referrals, and I loved it. And I was a fan of yours for many, many years prior to the Go Giver before we talked this year. And uh, it's it's interesting too, because as I was uh, assembling my my list of people that I really, really wanted to meet and interview someday, your name is on it, and I'll just be real honest about it. So I'm always honored to have a chance to talk to you and speak with you about anything like this. So how did your career as an author start? How did you decide that this was a great platform for you to share your message? Well, when I first, uh, when I wrote my first book, which was Endless Referrals, I really had no desire to write a book. I did it simply as a positioning tool. Uh, I was a member of National Speakers Association. I was, you know, it took a few years to get my speaking business going, but it, it finally got up and running, and I was fairly successful with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I knew there was a next step I could take. And when I asked people, they said, hey, Bert, you know, you got to write a book. Uh, it's going to help in your positioning. You're mm-hmm. going to get more, more speaking engagements. You're going to be able to charge a higher fee for it. It's going to do a world of good for you. So that's why I wrote it. It was, it was strictly for utilitarian purposes. Uh, yeah. I, knew I wanted to share my message with more people. I was going to have to, to write a book, so, so I did. Um, yeah. You know, the big thing wasn't writing the book. It was learning how to market a book. And yes. so uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a something you got to do it's the, the 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 writing the book is one thing but there's many great books probably books greater than mine that are, are sitting in somebody's garage and yeah. so uh, um so after that i think when i wrote it was more because i really had a message i wanted to share that i i just felt a book was the best way to do it because i already had a book as far as you know that was going to position me as a speaker right and then when the go-giver came along uh, that kind of that kind of took my career to a whole new new level. That was the first book that, after writing it, I actually got calls from companies to come in and speak. You know, my with endless referrals and some of my other books, I could use it as a great positioning tool to get mm-hmm. the, the, get in the door. But it was usually me being proactive. Uh, with the Go Giver, you know, somebody from a company would would get it at the bookstore. Uh, it would end up going through the entire company, and I'd eventually get a call from the person putting on their conferences and say, "Can you come speak?" So, yeah. um, so you know, that, that was a whole different story. But when I first wrote it, it was really simply for utilitarian purposes. Sure. Absolutely. And I know we have about two minutes left to the break. And I will also tell you, I was in Barnes & Noble last weekend, and I did see a couple copies of your book in my nearest Barnes & Noble store. So there you Excellent. go. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. We will talk about um, adversaries to allies uh, starting after our first break. But uh, tell us, just while I'm thinking about it, where can we get this? Uh, if they, if your listeners will go to Berg.com, which is B-U-R-G.com, on the right-hand side, they can click on the graphic of the book, and that will take them to a page where they can uh, download Chapter 1. They can get Chapter 1 for free to see if they like it first. Uh, or there's also a, a link there that they can go right to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and, and other online stores. And, of course, as you said, they can also get it at their local booksellers. Yeah. And I finished reading this book uh, just a few days ago. And I will say one thing about this. There are uh, a lot of chapters, but they're all small, two- or three-page chapters. And so if you right. only have five or ten minutes to read, you can you can get through more than you think you can. So really don't think that you have to have a whole hour to sit down with this book. If you've only got five minutes, read a chapter or two and you'll finish this book in no time. It reads very easily. It's very practical. 
it, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm, as I was reading it, I was relieved to figure out that I was already doing some of these things anyway, but I still learned something. So that's always good. So we do have about 30 seconds left to our first break. And my very special guest this week is Bob Berg. He is the author of the book Adversaries into Allies, uh, Winning, Win People Over Without Manipulation or Coercion. It is probably his best book yet. He's got other books, The Go-Giver and Endless Referrals. And we will talk about adversaries to allies right after this first break. We will be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com. At Solave, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solave with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service and simply making the switch to Solave is the first step to spending less $49 a month for unlimited voice text and data but it gets even better you can earn money just for sharing Solave with others as your network of connections grows both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solave revolution Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
and we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Uh, my very special guest this week is Bob Berg, and he is author of the book Adversaries to Allies. And if you want to call in and ask Bob a question or participate in this discussion in any way, that number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. And Bob, we have a lot to talk about, and I am pretty sure that if we had two hours, that would be about right. But we have one, so we'll hit the highlights. <laughs> So my very first question, of course, is this is probably one of your favorite books you've ever written. I can tell there was a lot of passion that went into this. So tell us why you wrote this book and where, where it really started for you. Well, I was very fortunate in, uh, in having my, my parents as parents. <laughs> and so yes. uh, it, it sort of started there. And my, my dad is just when it comes to people's skills, just genuinely – being able to bring out the best in people, uh, boy, he, he's just terrific. And, uh, you know, my mother's a, a wonderful person, too. They make a great team. But my dad and I are a lot alike in that we're both, you know, when dad was younger in business, he was kind of in the public eye. I'm the type mm-hmm. who's in the public eye. So I, I really relate to him. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, everywhere I would go with him and, and uh, whenever we as a family would go play, just people loved my dad. Why? Well, yeah. he just had a knack with people. With him, it was a knack. With him, it was just very intuitive. But he had a real love for people. He was genuinely interested in people. That's a, and that's where I, I sort of get by saying the uh, the uh, the best people skill in the world is a is a genuine interest in the other person. <laughs> and so yeah. you know, and that has a lot to do even when we're learning people's skills. It's understanding yeah. that it never really is about us. It, it's yeah. always about the person who we are influencing. Yeah. Uh, and that's key because most people I work out of what I call an I focus or a me focus. Mm-hmm. And it just is not as productive. But when we can move from that into an other focus, then what we're doing is we're asking ourselves, what is it that that person needs? What do they want? What do they desire? What is... Uh, you know, how do we connect what I would like to happen with their values and, and with their yeah. goals? And yeah. so when we did, so really that's what this book is all about. It's about understanding that you can have the best, some of the best success skills in the world. You can be very talented and, and a very of extremely high character. Uh, you can be ambitious, kind, charitable, hardworking, thrifty, energetic, have a knack for numbers, a head for business. You can be even tempered and, and creative and all that, Brian is great. Uh, it's it's terrific. Yeah. However, yeah, if uh, unless you can influence others, move mm-hmm. people to both the desired and appropriate action, your chances for significant success are somewhat diminished. Now, on the other hand, when you combine benevolent intent and a learned skill set you'll find yourself constantly, consistently, and even predictably uh, attaining satisfaction, both personally and business-wise, while, uh, you know, touching the lives of everyone you come across with with great value. And, again, I just call that ultimate influence, and it comes down to this. It's the ability to get the results you want when dealing with others, but in such a way that you make them feel genuinely good about themselves, about the situation, and about you. Now, yeah. while my dad had this intuitively, it's something I had to model and something I had to learn and something I had to mm-hmm. accept as the, as the best way to do things. Yeah. Um, 
but I've seen this it, this help so many people in their lives that I wanted to really carry out my dad's legacy and and and, uh, and, and put this in book form. Yeah, there you go. And I, I love how you discussed influence there. It's about moving people to do something in such a way that they want it just as much as you do. Am I sure. accurate in summarizing that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because if not, then what we're talking about is compliance, not commitment. Okay. And what happens is you've got people, let's say, and this could be whether this person's heading a committee or a family, or it could be a, the person's leading a team of 1,000 people or 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you attempt to influence through your positional authority, you know, because I'm the boss and I say so, mm-hmm. really that's compliance. And what what happens is at bet when you try to lead or influence through compliance, at best the person's going to do exactly what they're told and not one bit more, and that's at best. At worst, they'll find a way to sabotage the process completely, either you know, consciously or or unconsciously. Now. Yeah. The opposite of compliance is commitment, and that's totally different. And, and I believe that this commitment is really always the result of the influencer, not just understanding but embracing uh, Dale Carnegie's famous admonition in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People, where he wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, yes. not our reasons. Exactly. And when, you know, so the, the great influencer constantly questions themselves. How does what, what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with, uh, with, again, their goals, their wants, their needs, their desires? How does what I'm asking another human being to do, how does that align with their values? And when asking ourselves these questions intelligently, and uh, genuinely, not as a way to manipulate another human being to do our will, but in a way that not only gets us what we want, but helps them get what they want as well. Now yeah. we've come a long way toward earning that commitment. And right. I, you know, I love what my great friend and a, a mentor of mine, Dondi Scumachi, says about this. And I think it's so brilliant of her. She says mm-hmm. commitment, or excuse me, she says compliance will never take you where commitment can go. Compliance will never take you where commitment can go. And what that tells me is that great leaders, great influencers accomplish great things with others, and they know that when it comes right down to it, it's never about them. Great leadership is never about the leader. Great influence is never about the influencer. And great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Who is it about? It's about the other person. It's about everyone whose lives you choose to touch. It's about everyone whose lives you choose to add value to. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, in different companies that that I've worked for, I think the people that I respected most and worked best with, uh, people who were you know, my managers or supervisors, are people who do exactly what you have just described. And the people that didn't get to sit on that high of a pedestal, at least in my estimation, are the people who really had you know their own agenda in mind, and everyone could see through it, and no one liked it, and uh, yeah, it really, uh, it's about earning a commitment to the ultimate vision, and I think that is absolutely brilliant. I love that. So let me ask you something. The the word manipulation is in the title. You know, without manipulation or coercion is in the title of your book. So of course that naturally leads me to ask uh, what differences you perceive between persuading somebody and manipulating somebody. I think I'm guessing intent has a lot to do with it. I'm guessing the whole idea of 
um, having one's own agenda has a lot to do with it. But you, you tell me and tell us what is it uh, for you, the difference between persuading someone and manipulating someone? Because one has a very positive connotation and obviously the other does not. Well, you're absolutely right, Brian. It, it does have to do with intent. And the cool thing is it, the, the results end up being different as well. When I first began teaching this, um, people would ask, what, because I'd always talk about persuading rather than manipulating. And people would say, well, what's the difference? I mean, uh, you know, uh, aren't they the same thing? And while they're not the same thing, let's face it, they are cousins. I mean, both persuasion yes. and manipulation, both persuaders and manipulators understand human motivation. They mm -hmm. understand how to motivate other people to action. But why is one good and the other evil? Well, mm -hmm. I never really felt I was explaining it in a way that was that was uh, uh, that was best, and and so I, I went on sort of a search <laughs> to find a, okay. a a much better explanation than what I was what I had come up with, and I found a book that was written in 1987 by a, a man named Dr. Paul W. Sweats called The Art of Talking so that people will listen, which was really much more a book about listening while other mm. people talked. It was a brilliant, brilliant book, uh, Dr. Paul mm. Sweats. And in this book, he gave what I thought was the best explanation between the difference of the two terms that, uh, that I'd ever seen. And it, it went like this. According to Dr. Sweats, persuasion aims at control, not cooperation. It does not consider mm. the good of the other party, and it results in a win-lose situation. Now, in contrast to the manipulator, the persuader always seeks to enhance the self-esteem of the other party. The result is that people respond better because they're treated as responsible, responsible, mm. self-directing individuals. Mm. So what we see is that it begins with intent, but the results are also different. See, both the manipulator and the persuader can attain short-term results, okay? The, persuade, the manipulator will do it through a sense of compliance, the persuader through commitment. But it's the longer term that makes the big difference, too, because while a, while a manipulator can have employees, he can never really have a, a, a dedicated, committed team. Uh, while a salesperson can, have, can make the sale, a manipulative salesperson can make the sale, she'll never have uh, personal walking ambassadors that will uh, be singing her that will be singing her praises and telling others about her. Uh, while a manipulator can certainly have a family who they love and who loves them, uh, they'll they'll typically not have a particularly functional family. So while the while it begins with intent, manipulation bad and malintent, and uh, persuasion good intent, uh, and both can have short term results. It's the persuader who is going to be able to continue that. Okay, great. And we've got less than a minute to our next break. So uh, my very special guest this week is Bob Berg. He is the author of the brand new book called Adversaries into Allies, Win People Over Without Manipulation or Coercion. It is an amazing, amazing book. And real quickly, Bob, where can we find this before we go to our break? They can go to Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. And if they'll click the graphic of the book, they can uh, then get chapter one to see if they like it. Okay, fantastic. And we are coming up against our break. And uh, after this next break, we will talk about the five principles of ultimate influence. And this is going to be absolutely amazing. It's a very insightful discussion. And these are the principles upon which the book is largely based. So we will touch on that after the break. We will be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away.
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our double green plan. Double green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. You could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance. Wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Bob Berg. And in the last segment, we were talking about uh, creating win-win situations, compliance versus commitment, people doing things for their reasons and not for our reasons. I would like to bring this down to a very practical, real-world application, Bob. In one section, you talk about uh, the art of negotiation using the principles that you talk about in your book. So let's pretend that we're looking to buy a car or something where the price is clearly a negotiable variable. How do you handle a situation like that in such a way that everyone feels like they win? Well, the first thing you would do is make sure you treat the salesperson with respect, first, because it's the right way to be. But secondly, this person's going to be much more interested in working with you when they feel as though they're being respected. So you should be doing that throughout the process, but especially when you need to turn down their offer. If you're, you know, uh, if you're looking to negotiate a better price, you're going to have much better success by not coming off dogmatic and demanding, uh, but instead 
utilizing some of the wording that we, we have here. Remember, you know, this person's a salesperson and wants the sale, but they don't want to be disrespected. And people's ego uh, will, will take over when they feel as though they're being put down or stepped on or stepped over or bullied or whatever. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so many people try to bully the salesperson, and what they don't realize is, you know, a salesperson wants to work with the person who's going to be pleasant to work with. You know, mm. they're, like, they're like anybody else. So, um, uh, so you know, one rude way is, is by saying something like, well, there's no way I'll accept that. You've got to give me this or I'm walking. You're right. And what right. that does is it removes what I call the back door. It makes a person then either, you know, they have to capitulate and, and lose face and feel badly, or they have to say, well, no, you know, uh, that's it. I don't care. You, um, you know, go ahead, leave or whatever. And nobody wins. So... Mm-hmm. The other way you can do it is very pleasantly turn down the offer while allowing that person to save face and to still understand that if they want the sale, they need to come back with a better offer. So let's say, uh, you know, the car salesperson says, well, this is the price, uh, uh, you know, this is the price and we can have delivery for you in a week. And, and you might say something like, oh, thank you, Steve. I, I appreciate the offer. Unfortunately, at that price and delivery time, uh, I can't justify making the per, uh, the purchase, but I do appreciate the offer. Hmm. So what you did is is you tactfully framed this. You thanked him. You expressed mm-hmm. gratitude for his offer. You mm-hmm. gave him the reason, you know, why you needed to 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 turn it down using an I message. Okay, it was not yes. oh this car is lousy or this car is not worth it. But you know at that but I can't justify doing it. So it yeah. wasn't anything. It wasn't anything personal. And again, right. you know, you, you expressed appreciation. So you've, you've kindly and respectfully said no while leaving his self-esteem intact. So remember, people like Steve, they want to do business with people like you. Now, so here's what you did. Again, you said, you know, thank you, Steve. I appreciate the offer. Uh, unfortunately, at that price and with the, that delivery time, I can't justify making the purchase. But I do appreciate the offer. Yeah. So what you want to do at this point is just not say anything and wait to see if Steve comes back with another offer. Uh, or he, or if he asks you what price and delivery time uh, you were thinking of. Uh, he'll probably do just that, but if, what if he doesn't? Well, uh, there's a, a simple and very respectful question you can then ask him. Uh, if after a few seconds he, he doesn't say anything, and again, assuming you really do want the car enough to, to purchase it and, and do it right now, because if you don't, you can easily walk away politely, but that's what you would do. But if you really want this, you'd simply ask Steve, uh, what can you offer that would help me justify the decision to buy right now? Mm. now An invitation for another question, offer, yeah. Huh? An invitation for another offer, yes, absolutely. Exactly. Now, that one question asked with respect is going to allow him to provide you with the appropriate answer. So what he'll do is he'll either come back with something better or he won't. I mean, there's no guarantee he will. Sometimes he doesn't have that authority to be able to do that, and he can't negotiate further. And then the choice will be yours as to whether you go to more to the price he wants or, or if you can walk away from the deal. But yeah. uh, I can guarantee that if you'll proceed with the I, could, I can't justify response as opposed to a simple no or I'm not going to do that or whatever. He's going to go out of his way to make you happy. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. It really breaks break things down very specifically. I appreciate My that pleasure. very much. You bet. So let's talk about the five principles of ultimate influence. Uh, your book is divided into five 
larger sections and a lot of the the chapters are subdivided within each of these five principles and so it makes the book very easy to read and very easy to follow and we've been alluding to some of these and so let's be very specific about what these five principles of ultimate influence are because everyone wants to be an ultimate influencer I would think well, I think most people, given the choice, would certainly rather be an effective influencer than not. Because when you exactly. can influence, you're able to get more in, you know, out of life than you would if you can't. Exactly. Uh, you know, John, Dr. John Maxwell, the great speaker and author, says yes. influence is everything. <laughs> and you know, while it might not be everything in terms of, well, breathing is also important, when it comes to accomplishing anything significant, yes, influence is everything. Because again, if you can't move a person to that, if you can't move people to action, nothing's going to happen. So yeah, I think most people, uh, most people would like to be a better influencer. Fantastic. So what is principle number one, Bob? Well, principle number one is control your own emotions. Uh, the sage is asked, who is a mighty person? And answered, that person who can control their own emotions and make of an enemy or uh, a potential enemy a friend. And this is real, where it really all begins because it's only when you can control your own emotions, when you're, as my dad would say, when you're the, when you're the boss of yourself, then and yeah. only then are you in a position to take a potentially negative situation or person and turn it into a win for everyone involved. Uh, you know, as human beings, we are emotional creatures. Uh, and we're logical to a certain extent, but we're, we're emotional and we, we make emotional decisions. In fact, we often back up those emotional decisions with logic to justify that emotional decision or we rationalize. And of course, if you take the word rationalize, it simply means we tell ourselves rational lies. But what happens with emotion is, while nobody can, as the saying goes, nobody can make you mad or make you angry or make you sad, what they can do is they can say or do things that push buttons. And while that's more about us than it is about them, the result is we, we get emotional and we, we make those decisions emotionally. And, sometime, and when our emotions are controlling us, that's when it doesn't serve us or serve anyone else. Uh, okay. Now, which is not to say that we should, we should not be emotional. It's not to say we should be robots. Uh, emotions are a, a terrific part of life. They make life worthwhile. But as, again, referring to my friend and mentor, Tandi Skumachi, she says, hey, by all means, take along your emotions for the ride, but make sure you are driving the car. Yes. And that's very important. We need yeah. to control our emotions, not have our emotions controlling us. Zig Ziglar used to talk about re responding rather than reacting. Reacting is yes. negative. It means we're allowing someone else to control us. Responding is positive. We're in control of ourselves and of our own emotions. Uh, I love how he used to say, did you, uh, did you respond well to the, med to the medication or did you have a bad reaction? So we need to move from a react reaction mindset or or uh, or setting to a uh, to a, a response setting. Mm. And that's key. Once you can do that, yeah. you are really on your way to becoming a master influencer. That's fantastic. So, what is principle number two? This is to understand the clash of belief systems. Uh, what are belief systems? What, what is a belief? Well, a belief is a subjective truth. A belief is the truth as you believe the truth to be, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is the truth. You know, we've all heard the story how 
10 people can witness the same a uh, accident, and they have 10 different uh, accounts of that accident. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this is, this is life. And our beliefs are really, our belief system, rather, is the lens through which we see the world. It's, uh, it's, it's handed to us. It's, our beliefs are given to us from the time we're young. It's a, a, a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, movies, popular culture and entertainment, uh, the, the, you know, the cultural mores, uh, everything we touch, taste, hear, see, and smell. And what mm -hmm. happens is we develop these from the time we're just a baby, and mm -hmm. we don't critically look at these things, that this information coming into our head that's handed to us by others, and say, mm -hmm. hmm, you know, why is this true? Uh, do I know this is true? How did this person learn this? What, and so forth and so on. So what happens is we end up being run by an operating system, our belief system, that we don't even know we have. Well, yeah. so does this other person with whom we're about to have a, a, a perhaps difficult interaction. They're run by an operating system, their belief system that they don't know they have. So you've got two people about to possibly have a conflict not understanding that they're each run by a belief system they're not aware of that they have. Yeah. Now, add this on top of it, most of us believe that others see the world the same way we see the world, which is why right. you hear people say, oh, everybody feels that way. Oh, nobody mm. thinks that. Everybody loves this. I mm. would never say or do that to someone. But we're talking about different belief systems. So, so right. principle number two isn't telling us we have to understand that person's belief system. We can't possibly. Hey, we probably don't even understand our own belief system totally. But what we can do is understand that their belief system is most likely a lot different from ours. And as long as we understand that, now we're in a position to work within that context for everyone's advantage. That is great. And we've got less than a minute to our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. This segment in particular went really, really fast. Well, so thank you. I'm well, you're a great host. You bring out the best in your guests. Oh, well, thank you. I sure do appreciate that. And we will be going to a break here shortly. In this segment, we talked a little bit about the art of negotiation and how Bob's principles in his book, Adversaries into Allies, can help us negotiate and make everyone involved in the negotiation feel good about themselves and feel good about the solution. And we are partway through discussing Bob's five principles of ultimate influence as outlined in the book. We will finish this part of the discussion after the break. We talked about the importance of controlling your emotions and understanding the clash of belief systems because a lot of arguments that we have with other people are based on the idea that they come from a completely different worldview than we do and we don't realize it and neither do they. We will come back and finish off the five principles right after this. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? 
concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. to DC Live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network for a fun and entertaining look into the music industry with your host, producer, songwriter, and musician, Don Cromwell. DC Live will feature interviews and live performances with an emphasis on connecting you, the fan, with the artists. Guests will include both established and new artists as well as behind-the-scenes professionals. There will also be live in-studio and phone interviews plus music associated with featured artists and live performances on a regular basis basis and a special segment of each show devoted to unknown musicians and bands for more on don check out his website doncromwellmusic.com ever wonder how the music business really works what happens in a studio and what goes into making a hit record then be here for the interviews insights and live performances it's dc live hosted by producer songwriter and musician don cromwell tuesday nights at 8 p.m central on the rockstar radio network Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. We are talking to Bob Berg about his book, Adversaries into Allies. And we were talking about the five principles of ultimate influence. Number one was control your own emotions. Number two was understanding the clash of belief systems because we all tend to come from a different worldview, different perspective. And sometimes our conflicts with one another are rooted in the idea that we don't realize that everyone does not see the world the way that we do. There are three more principles to go. So, Bob, tell us what principle number three is, please. Well, the uh, principle number three is to acknowledge their ego. And I say their ego, not ours, not because we don't have an ego, uh, mm-hmm. but because it's their ego we need to be aware of. Because in mm-hmm. practically any difficult interpersonal transaction, if that person is, is in any way being difficult, it's probably that their ego is at work. Now, ego itself... the. the, the is not a negative. Ego is simply the the I. It's that it's uh, that sense of ourselves that we realize is is unique and different and even separate from from others, mm-hmm. which can be a bit politically incorrect to say because we hear so much about how we're you know uh, we're all a group or we're all one of this or that or whatever. And hey, let's face it, you know we uh, even uh, Napoleon Hill and in, in Think and Grow Rich talked about the. The universal consciousness, the universal mind, the master mind, and that we can, we can, and and and, and of course, um, quantum uh, physics uh, yes. it talks about this, and and I'm sure all that's true. I have no doubt about it. In in my mind, I believe it probably is all true. Uh, however, that does not um, conflict in any way with the fact that at, in our earthly existence, we also operate as individuals. And there's nothing yes. wrong with that at all. I think there's everything right about that. It means we all have our own sense of what makes us happy. Uh, it means we have our own values. It means we have our own uh, desires. We, we get to 
seek out and pursue happiness as, as we understand happiness to be. And so long as we don't infringe upon the rights of anyone else while we're doing it, that, that's fine. Um, yeah. So, you know, that ego is that sense that, that understands we are an individual. Mm, when the great. ego is controlled, mm-hmm. we can harness it and do great things. That's how inventions are invented, and that's how uh, great products and services are distributed, and great things happen. We can do terrific things both for ourselves and for society as a whole, and it's wonderful. It's when the ego is in control of us that things get messy, because that ego can, can really take a person and cause them to do things that are not productive, but instead are very counterproductive. And so <laughs> we've, we've certainly got to call attention to our, our, ourselves in terms of, you know, are we operating out of a, a negative ego or are we in control of our ego now? Let's assume we are in control of our ego. Well, it's mm-hmm. the other person now that we have to be conscious of because, and when I say acknowledge their ego, I don't mean we acknowledge it verbally and say, hey, you know, your ego's <laughs> because that's going to have the opposite right. effect. But yes. what it does mean is that we're aware. And what we understand that is in any interpersonal situation or transaction, the other person's ego will come into play, and we need to, again, work within that context. Okay. Sounds fantastic. So what is principle number four? Principle number four is to set the proper frame. Uh, What is a frame? Well, a frame is really the foundation from which everything else evolves. Uh, Example, I was at a a Dunkin' Donuts, and I I shared this story in in one of the chapters in the book. I was at a Dunkin' Donuts, and there was a little boy, probably two years old, a little bit older, and he was walking across the, the Dunkin' Donuts store to his parents. And he suddenly uh, took a spill. He, he fell on the floor. And, you know, you could tell he, he wasn't hurt, but he, he intuitively realized that that was not supposed to happen. So he immediately looked at his parents for their interpretation of the event. See, what happened happened, but he wanted to see... Uh, you know, what mom and dad thought about it, because that was going to determine how he thought about it. <laughs> so it, had they, I believe, had they looked at him and started to panic and gone, oh, no, you know, my poor baby, oh, this must be so hurt. And all good. You know, he probably would have gotten very upset. But what right. the parents did, the mom and dad handled it beautifully. And they, you know, they started to clap and they left. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that was so good. And, you know, and, and they smiled. And immediately the, the little boy started to smile and laugh. And he was very happy. Well, that, mm-hmm. what the parents did is they set a productive frame for him to operate out of. Uh, it's the same when we're about to uh, negotiate with someone or meet with someone or, or be in any situation with someone. We want to set a frame of peace. We want to set a frame of, of uh, cooperation. And so, you know, we can do that sometimes as easy as a smile and a, a you know, a, a, a from the heart, good morning or good afternoon. Or, uh, you know, you walk up to the, the customer service desk with a big smile on your face and you're probably, you know, one of the very few who did that. So they're immediately, mm-hmm. you've put them into a, 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 a good frame. But yes. what about when the other person has already set a frame and it's a negative one, then what we need to do is we need to reset their frame. And this is very key. Uh, I'll give you a very quick example, if I may. Yes. 
uh, I was pulling into the uh, parking spa- parking space in a uh, hotel parking lot, and I was not paying attention as I should have been, and I nearly clipped the guy as he was getting out the driver's side of his his uh, car. And I, I stopped in plenty of time, but it it gave him a start. And, you know, he was very uh, he was upset, he was scared, he was and he was very angry. And he shot me a look, a nasty, nasty look. You know, it reminded me of the saying, you know, if looks could kill, right? Right. And so, had I now reacted to that, and I I bought into his frame, which was an anger frame, I might have said, well, "What are you looking at?" And he said, "You should look where you go. Well, you should watch where you know." And at 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 best, it's an uncomfortable situation. At worst, you have, uh, you know, you've made an enemy, and who knows what happens. So the first right. thing was to respond. Uh, now. What I did was I immediately, I, I kind of raised my you know, right hand in, in a wave, as, as though to wave, and I, I put an apologetic smile on my face, and I mouthed uh, through the, uh, the windshield, sorry, and immediately he went, no problem. Hmm. Okay, so what happened was I reset his frame. Yes. Very, very simple. And it, and it yeah. will typically work because most people are reactive, but they're reactive whether you uh, reset it po- the frame positively or negatively. So all I really had to do was not buy into his frame, set my own, and by doing that, reset his. And that turned an adversary into an ally. There you go. And we are talking about the five principles of ultimate influence from Bob's book called Adversaries into Allies. And we've got one more principle to go. I think we've got maybe five minutes left in the show. So what is number five, Bob? Well, principle number five is to communicate with tact and empathy. Um, this is so key. Uh, my, my dad uh, defines tact as the language of strength. And I, I really believe that. I, I look at tact as a way of being able to correct someone, critique someone, uh, dare I say constructively criticize someone, uh, which, you know, we don't want to do. We don't want to do any of those. But, Brian, we're talking about the real world, and there yes. are times we have to be able to do that. Uh, you know, the person overpaid on a negotiable item or uh, – or, you know, the team member gave some incorrect information to a customer, or somebody is speaking disrespectfully either at work or, or at home to someone. And we need to be, but we need to be able to do this in a way that not only is the person not defensive uh, and, and resistant, but they're, they're, they're open to us and thus open to the idea that we have. And so, you know, that's, that's the key. And people who can speak respectfully, what they do is they are they are working within another person's ego. <laughs> because remember, you know, we could say something, and if it's if it's said in a way that offends this other person's ego, what's going to happen? They're going to resist. They're going to get mad. They're going to defend their position. But when we think first, when we think about what we say before we say it, when we understand the appropriate, the best phrases to use, and when we make that part of us, which is very simple to do throughout the book, all I do is tell stories. And as you mm-hmm. said earlier, typically they're very yeah. short stories that a person can picture themselves being in. And so yes. you're going to have those exact words and phrases to be able to use and be able to really, really communicate with, uh, with someone with tact and empathy. And you're going to find that that, uh, that that really makes such a huge difference. 
That's great. And we've got about two and a half minutes left to the end. So, Bob, I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody at the end of the show, and it is simply this. Who inspires and motivates you? Oh, gosh. Well, in this case, we're, we're definitely going with my dad because he was the inspiration for this, uh, uh, this book and uh, uh, inspires me in many ways uh, through life. And, you know, I've been lucky. I, I've had a lot of uh, good people that have come along and, and been, been uh, mentors uh, at times when I needed them most. Some were what I call drive-by mentors that maybe had one piece of advice that I happened to be there at the right place at the right time to hear it. And maybe never saw the person again, but it made a big difference in my life. And other people, yeah. uh, such as my dad and others, have been there for me the entire time. And so uh, I've been very, very fortunate. That's great. So one last time, how can we find your book or any book? Or if maybe someone wants to hire you to do a speech, how can we, how can we connect with you further? Yeah, pretty much everything is at Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com. And while there, they can, uh, they can click on the graphic of the book to, uh, that will take them to the page where they can get Chapter 1. I have a video preview tape. Uh, my blog is there. Uh, there's also, a, uh, uh, there's also a, um, a graphic for them to take a look at our Go-Givers International uh, member community, which is mm. very, very powerful. And uh, so we invite them to check that out and join us there. And they can connect with me on, on all the various social media right through the home page. So that's kind of my, uh, that, that's kind of, that's kind of my uh, Internet office. Yeah, and I know that you are on Twitter, at Bob Berg, because we are connected on Twitter. Absolutely. So I do know that for sure. All right, and we are at the end of the show. Bob, I so, so appreciate having you back on the show. And, and everyone, go get Adversaries to Allies. This is a fantastic, amazing book. It's a great read. You will learn a lot about it. If you enjoyed this interview, you will like the book even more. So thank you, Bob, for being here. Brian, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you greatly. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And we will be back next Monday on Success Profiles Radio every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can find me on Facebook. You can find my fan page, Success Profiles Radio. Please like my fan page. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. And you can be sure to listen to the playback of this show when it is available. It'll be podcasted, and uh, you can find it at Success Profiles Radio anytime you want. You can also download and subscribe on iTunes for free. Be back next Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, we'll explore.